Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and on this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, I will be reviewing Impact Wrestling that debuted on October 6, 2020. That's right, this past week. You guys get a fresh podcast that talks about what happened this past week in the wrestling world. This is coming right off of Victory Road that debuted on October 3rd, 2020. Victory Road was an amazing pay-per-view for TNA right before Bound for Glory, which we get October 24th. If you guys have not checked out my Victory Road review, please go do that. Head over to anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast or on the Patreon side where you guys can definitely upgrade your experience. In the world of professional wrestling and in the world of Marie Shadows talking about professional wrestling over at patreon.com forward slash rookie SCP. Like always, thank you for tuning into this episode. Now let's jump right into Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling opens up with Tommy Dreamer versus Brian Mares. This is a rematch from Victory Road. It was a great back and forth towards the end. Brian Mayers decides to get a candlestick. Tommy Dreamer is no slouch when it comes to candlesticks. He is the innovator of violence. He steamrolled. He was impressive in ECW and can definitely take a lot of punishment more than anyone else. So this match ends up being a DQ because Brian Mayers used the candlestick against Tommy Dreamer. However, before that happened, Tommy Dreamer did a... Russian leg sweep with the candlestick around Brian Mayer's neck. And then that's when Brian Mayer's recovered, got the candlestick, hit it over Tommy Dreamer, DQ. I'm going to call it now on this podcast. When we get to Bound for Glory, October 24th, they will have their third encounter. And that encounter is most likely going to be a hardcore match. After that, we get another Raju open invitational match to see who can beat him. At first, Willie Mack comes out, and this looks like it's going to be a rematch, but Raju grabs the microphone, and he says that it's not him. He already had his opportunity, and he wants someone new to challenge him in this match. So Willie Mack is not it. Now, out comes Jordan Grace. I got excited. I popped a little because Jordan Grace came out to challenge Raju in this open invitational match. It was very quick, very subtle where Willie Mack was still on the outside and he's grabbing the X Division title and both him and Raju are fighting for it. And Raju does not want no one else to touch this title belt unless it's him and maybe the referee. So this allows Jordan Grace to do a roll up with a bridge pin combination she gets the one two three the bell rings and she is awarded the championship title belt which she goes to the second rope and proudly displays it that she is the new x division champion i loved that moment i was like what i was stunned i did not know what to think and i believe she would have definitely been the first woman to ever capture the X Division Championship. Even though I am still coming back into the Impact family and re-watching everything and gaining new feelings and experiences while watching the newer product that is put out every single week, 
I don't think there was ever a woman to capture the X Division Championship. If there was, all my Impact listeners, please leave me a voice message via anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast. If you are a Patreon supporter of this podcast, leave me a message via Patreon. Or if you just want to leave me a message via Twitter, at Marie under at Marie underscore shadows is where you can find me at, you know, let me know if there was a woman holding the exhibition championship title while I was not watching during the 14 years that I have not watched. And that's me being honest with you guys. That's not me pulling a wool over your guys' eyes or whatever you want to think of. That's me being honest. Anyway, there's just a small technicality in what just happened. So Raju goes to the referee and tells the referee that while this was an open challenge match, it was not for the X Division Championship belt. So the referee reverses the decision of Jordan Grace is not actually a championship holder. She won the match, but the title was not on the line. Raju never said that the title was on the line. Therefore, the title gets taken off of Jordan Grace to be given to Raju. Raju is still the champion, but now Jordan Grace has that title of I pinned you, Raju, over his head. So that's a plus. And when Raju gets to the back, he's stopped by Scott Damore. And Scott Damore is like, you do a lot of great things for these guys. You give them opportunities to fight you and they get their TV time, this and that. However, that made Scott Damore think of a brilliant idea when it comes to Bonfagori this month. He decided to have a six-way where it's Raju defending the X-Division Championship title against Willie Mack, TJP, Jordan Grace, Trey Miguel, and Chris Bay. This is going to be an amazing way six scramble match for the X Division Championship title. Raj could lose it at any point. I do not know if they're going to have the X Division structure like they had back in the day. That was really cool and innovative. Impact is always finding ways to become innovative in the world of professional wrestling because professional wrestling changes way too often and you need to adapt. The quicker you adapt, the better your product could be. And definitely, you can always strengthen the weaknesses that may occur when you adapt to something as quick-changing as professional wrestling. So I'm excited for that when it comes to Bound for Glory. Raju, on the other hand, is definitely not excited for that match. And I can definitely understand why. However, you are a fighting champion, so make sure that you do your, your due diligence and retain that title at all costs. After that, we get a tag team match. It is a rematch from Victory Road. It is Triple XL, the team of AC and Larry D taking on the Rascals, Dez and Wentz. This was a match where Triple XL, again, was using their power to stop the Rascals. The Rascals are very fast and they're very smart in the tag team division and definitely in the tag team world. So some of their moves were definitely slowed down a bit, but that does not distract them. That does not stop them from trying to do all of their combination moves that they do very well week in and week out. They still have a heart. They fight with all their heart when it comes to all these tag team matches. 
The only notes I have is that there was a miscommunication between Triple XL for the Rascals to pick up the victory in this match. This is the second time that the Rascals have beaten Triple XL. While Triple XL was dominant, the Rascals were smart in their tag team combination and the way that they take down the bigger guys. That's what I enjoy when I watch them, and they are really one of the tag teams on the rise in professional wrestling. After that, we get a women's tag team match. This is by far my favorite women's tag team match from Impact Wrestling that I have seen. I know every single Impact Podcast episode is definitely praising the women, but they deserve it. And this is how women's wrestling matches should go. They should not be where... The women are counting the steps, trying to remember what happens, doing this, doing that. You hit the other woman once and they're selling for like 10 hours. Like, it shouldn't be slow. It should be normal where it feels like you're watching the men as well. It should be smooth where you know that they know what they're doing and they're not fresh out of wrestling school. And I mentioned this in the other podcast, but it needs repeating. This. Tag team match is Rosemary and Taya versus Tasha Steeles and Kira Hogan. Good tag team match. Each woman are equally sharing the bumps. I have never paid that close attention to this match. That I do not have enough notes as in like play-by-play notes for this match because I was so invested in the stories and how many bumps each woman took and how many tags each woman did to share all the bumps equally, all the spots equally, and the story of that Tasha Steeles and Kara Hogan are one tag team that fights to be noticed. They fight to make sure that you remember who they are and that there are no slouches in the ring. The same thing with Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie. That team when you really look at it, if you put it down on paper, you're like, oh, maybe this could work. And then when you finally see them, you're like, they're two opposites. What is going on here? How do they work so well together? You have two teams that work really well together, that have a good chemistry together. According to commentary, Rosemary and Taya does not have enough years together as a tag team, but that does not matter. When they get into the ring, they are solid. They are good. They work off each other. And with the frequent tags, it works as well to make sure that your tag partner is definitely rested. But these four women in this match, like I keep saying, very, very beautiful. This is what I want to see. Every single move that they did went unwasted. And I think I'm going to keep that word unwasted. Every single move was treated as it was special, as it had meaning behind it. And that definitely you want to feel as the fan that maybe this next move that they do might end the match. So the psychology was there, and I appreciate it. And in this match, Rosemary picks up the victory for her team of her and Taya. She does a double underhook sit-out, which is her finisher, and that allows them to pick up the victory. Again, this tag team women's match, I was definitely impressed. And the knockoffs division always gets a lot of praise from me. They are definitely one of the innovators in women's wrestling. And this is why sometimes I use the impact not this is why sometimes I use the knockouts division as a starting point when I try to explain what's semi wrong with 
the AEW women's division and how to fix it. I will not be doing that in this podcast, but I definitely will be talking about the women's matches that AEW has been putting on and what they could do better. But this is just all Impact Wrestling. If you guys want to listen to an AEW Dynamite review, by all means, continue to listen to the podcast, Square Circle Podcast, and that review will be out soon. After that wonderful women's tag match, we get another tag match. The Deaners versus Crazy Steve and Johnny Swinger. I do not know why this is happening. This is a comedic match, and I said in my notes, comical, and the winners of this match is the Deaners. I'm all for comedy wrestling. I like to laugh a little bit. I like to be indulged in some type of stupidity in a way. However, if I feel that it's really, really childish and have nothing to do with anything else, then I'm not going to be interested. Like, I was not interested in the Deaners versus Crazy Steve and Johnny Swinger. I just was not interested. Johnny Swinger looks like Buff Bagwell. Crazy Steve is Crazy Steve. And the Deaners are the Deaners. I get their character. I, I get it. It's not like how AEW, where I enjoy their type of comedy because it aligns with my real-life comedy that I enjoy to do and talk about and stuff like that. But I just don't like some of the comedy that happens in Impact Wrestling. That's cool. It's not a bad thing. That's just my personal preference. There will be some times where maybe a couple jokes here and there will get me from Impact Wrestling. But other than that, your winners for this tag match was the Deaners. Now we get a very crucial backstage segment that involves Heath Slater and Scott Demore. Heath Slater has been on a campaign for Impact Wrestling to hire him. That's why he came up with the taglines and the shirts that says Heath for Impact. And Heath has been really good at his storytelling. And I really do want Impact to pick him up. So in this little segment, he's there talking with Scott Demore, who is the VP of Impact Wrestling. Heath Slater decided to give Scott Demore his own contract for Scott Demore to look over because Scott Demore was originally going to give him a TNA contract where Heath Slater would have had to work from the bottom up rather than just starting him off with his star power. Heath Slater is a former WWE employee and when you have the WWE moniker attached to your resume, attached to your name, attached to your character, let's say. You deserve to be treated like a superstar that you are because you worked for the Land of Giants, you worked for Mr. McMahon, therefore it's only fitting that if you write your own contract, you should probably accept that offer from that person. So both sides did not negotiate very well. Both sides did not want to compromise. Scott Demore did not want to accept the offer that Heath Slater had tried to give him because it was a lot of money. He just wanted too much. Heath did not want to start from the bottom like everyone else. And I think that's sort of wrong. You could have started him off in the middle. You guys could have met somewhere in the middle in this contract negotiation. But because no contract was negotiated, no one signed anything, we are still going to campaign Heath for impact until something happens. You know, if you can't have him as the 
highest superstar level, start him out in the middle, let him grow from there. He got it. He got all the twos, you know? But that was a really interesting segment. Scott Demore just throws the papers all around. No one signed anything. We'll see how it goes for next week. After that, we get a quick segment of EC3 on a bridge with the TNA Heavyweight Championship title. And he decides to throw it off the bridge. And we'll see what happens next week with that. Now we get to the main event of Impact Wrestling. It is a tag team match. It is the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin taking on Ace Austin and Mad Mad Fulton. If you guys heard any of my previous Impact Wrestling reviews, I do highly enjoy watching the Motor City Machine Guns. Ever since they debuted as a tag team in 2006, I have followed their career. I have watched their matches live via Ring of Honor. And it's a pleasure to be a fan of the Motor City Machine Guns and still get excited when they come out to the ring and do what they have to do. They are currently facing Ace Austin and Mad Mad Fulton. These two teams will also see the North and the Good Brothers come Bound for Glory October 24th, 2020. However, this main event is what we are focusing on. And these are my notes. Both Alex Shelley and Chris Saban are working on Ace's arm. There is a cool move that Fulton does to Alex Shelley. Fulton takes Alex Shelley and snake eyes him into Ace Austin's knee while Ace Austin is perched on top of the top rope. The drop toe hold combination kick that Ace Austin does, which I really like that move now. That's a really cool move. Like I said before, the drop toe hold is your best friend in professional wrestling. There is a choke slam combo from Fulton onto the Motor City Machine Guns. Another combo with Ace Austin. During the match, the North comes out with a chair as a distraction. However, the Good Brothers are not too far behind. They come out, both teams start brawling, and they head to the back. Then there is a neckbreaker crossbody on Fulton for Motor City Machine Guns to pick up the victory. All right, so that was the main event of Impact Wrestling where the Motor City Machine Guns picked up the victory over Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Now, let's do some awesome speculating here. So, we all know that Bound for Glory is coming up on October 24, 2020. I know I keep saying it. I just want to remind you guys that Bound for Glory is the WrestleMania for Impact, and it has a very deep history for TNA slash Impact, and I truly adore Bound for Glory anniversary because those pay-per-views are the best that the company has. So I'm going to keep mentioning it because Bound for Glory is amazing. At Bound for Glory, we will see the champions, Motor City Machine Guns, taking on Ace Austin and Mad Mad Fulton, the Good Brothers, which is Carl Anderson and Lou Gallows, and the North, which is Josh Alexander and Ethan Page. Now, this is where the speculation fun comes in. Victory Road, we saw that four members of each team battled, went the distance. However, Josh Alexander picked up the victory in that match. Josh Alexander is from the North. Now, this past week on Impact, we had Motor City Machine Guns taking on Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. 
the Motor City Machine Guns picked up the victory in this match. Does any of these victories foreshadow what's going to be happening at Bound for Glory? Possibly. Do I want to see any other team pick up the victory and become new Impact World Tag Team Champions at Bound for Glory? No. I want to have the Motor City Machine Guns continue to be the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions for a very long time. They deserve it. They are my pick. They will always be my pick. And I really have them in my like top five for like Tag Team Wrestling. The North already had it, so they already ushered in their era of tag team wrestling. Ace Austin and Mad Mad Fulton would probably be the wild card pick that I would have because Ace Austin is so young and he has a plethora of accomplishments with Impact Wrestling already. So therefore, Ace Austin and Mad Mad Fulton would definitely be the runner up if they managed to score a victory in that tag team championship match. The Good Brothers, they are great. They're part of the Bullet Club. They have a plethora of a resume as well. However, they're just not there for me. I respect them in everything that they do. I know their history. It's just that nothing has gravitated to me, to me wanting to cheer them. So, when it comes to Bound for Glory, the Motor City Machine Guns need to keep the Impact World Wrestling Tag Team Championships. The runner-up should definitely be Ace Austin and Mad Mad Fulton. The North already had it, and the Good Brothers could also be a potential wild card, but I'm not putting too much stock on that. It could happen just because of their size, their power, and their many years of in-ring tag team matches and how to control the pace of the tag team match. However, Motor City Machine Guns have done the same thing. so. There's a lot of veterans in this upcoming tag match for Bound for Glory. However, it will still stand. I still want Motor City Machine Guns to be the winners for this championship title. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap on Impact Wrestling that debuted this week. October 6, 2020. I hope you enjoyed my little speculation. I hope you enjoyed my review. If you do, make sure to like, share it, give me some love. If you are listening over on the Anchor side, I thank you so much. If you want to upgrade your experience to the Patreon side, I thank you so much. You can definitely find it at anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast. And on the Patreon side, patreon.com forward slash rookie SCP. If you want to interact with me on Twitter, at Marie underscore shadows is the way to go. All right, guys, I will see you all in the next one.